morning, we have a very, very special guest coming to speak to us and share the word with us. Um, some of you may know Dan and Sakal. And so Sakal is one of our global workers uh, here at our church that we support. And many of you will be, you know, have been praying for them on a monthly basis uh, for many years. And um, Sakal, you know, was born and raised in Cambodia. And after the traumatic killing fields, at genocide in the mid-1970s. And Sakal accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour at 17. And his whole family came to faith in God after seeing uh, the good and positive change in his auntie's life uh, when she shared the good news of Jesus Christ's uh, salvation with them. And having experienced freedom from fear and desiring others to know about salvation, he joined Campus Crusade uh, for Christ. Um, Cambodia as a missionary staff after graduating uh, with a Bachelor of Computer Science in 2003. And in Cambodia, uh, there is almost 17 million people with less than 2% evangelical Christians. And Sakala is on a mission to reach the lost and build Christ-centered, multiplying disciples in Cambodia by providing regular gospel-centered evangelism and discipleship training in local Khmer language, particularly for marketplace leaders, families, and school teachers. So with extensive Christian ministry experience in evangelism, discipleship, preaching, training, and team leading, Sakal currently leads um, and serves as a national team leader of Cambodia Campus Crusade for Christ. He is married to Angela and has a very determined five-year-old and currently lives in Cambodia's capital city, Phnom Penh. And so we're very excited to be welcoming Mr. Carl. Why don't, you, why don't you give him a round of applause as he comes on up? Yes, we've got the iPad coming. Before you begin, let me pray for you. Yes, please. You just have to like, click on them. Oh, okay. Lord God, we thank you for Sakala. We thank you for this opportunity to be hearing from one of our global workers, Lord. Father, we're just so thankful for the story and testimony of your work in his life and his family's life, Lord. And for the call that you have on him, Lord, to lead the people um, uh, in Cambodia to reach your your people, Lord, that had yet to know you, God. And Father, Lord, we pray that as he speaks to us this morning, Lord, that we would see your name glorified. Would you anoint his lips? Would you anoint his words, God? And would you be ministering to us through him? And so, God, we want to give this time over to you, Lord. We we'll give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Sharon. I'm from Cambodia. Any Cambodian folks here? <laughs> Thank you for your support. <laughs> it is my great privilege and honor to be here. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Cambodia. So English is my second language. So you've got to pray for me. Um, my wife and I um, attended a conference in the Philippines last month. Uh, in a conversation with a, a delegate from another country, he asked us, where did you pick up your English? And my wife was proudly said that I picked up my English in Australia. And he turned to me. Where did you pick up your English? And I said that I picked it up wherever Angela dropped it. <laughs> it's how I learned my English. By God's grace, just pick up and use. Um, yes. <clears throat> So, um, 
I, I might pick up English from you when I, when I talk with you. Okay? So, please give me good English. <laughs> um, I, I picked up a lot of uh, English when hosting international mission team from, from overseas into Cambodia. Um, when I host them, I, I observe how they use their English. So back in 2010, I observed how uh, a team uh, came to Cambodia and they uh, used their English. So at the village, um, they, they have this children uh, ministry, singing songs, playing games, and I heard they using some English were like naughty, naughty to, to the kids, and uh, cute, cute, and they, oh, okay, cute. I don't know the word naughty, but I know the word cute which is the compliment, so I try to remember to use later on. Yeah. My first trip uh, to Australia was uh, in 2011, and I spent a week here in Melbourne, and I was very well hosted by Uncle Winston family. They fed me well. I gained weight. In a week. And I uh, yeah, <clears throat> spent the next couple of weeks uh, in Sydney with friends. So the house that I stay at, at in Sydney was close to the train station. Yes, and one day, one day I I went alone on the train to the city center. I was told that there was a this uh, uh, side, like city sightseeing bus. Yeah, and I need to get on that to enjoy the city. So allow me uh, to to tell you where I came from. In the developing country, Cambodia, right? Back then. When I grew up, I saw these like motorbikes, tuk-tuks, taxi, uh, bus for transport around the city. And there were no queue, there were no bus stop, and no prepared ticket. So uh, you could just hop on anyone, uh, anytime on the street. Yeah. And they might, might approach you also. Yeah. Motor, motor taxi, they will approach you also. So, Something like that when I, when I, uh, where I came from. <clears throat> and sometimes I need to chase them to get one. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, now, I got to this city uh, center in Sydney. And I saw from the distance this red open roof, uh, sizing bus and with the word hop on and hop off. Right? So, yeah. So I chased it. And I caught it when it stopped at a traffic light. <laughs> I got there and I knocked on the door. It's like Revelation 320. It's open. <laughs> and the driver was like, naughty, naughty. <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't hear the word cute, but I heard it with naughty. <laughs> and I said, thank you. Naughty, naughty, thank you. <laughs> Silly me. So, uh, <laughs> I should have checked the dictionary. Um, lesson learned. Yeah, lesson learned. Uh, so now I have a walking and talking dictionary. My beautiful wife. <laughs> so I can go to any time for, for definition. What's naughty mean? So chasing the bus, I think of once again uh, that I didn't get myself or other hurt by that incident. Um, yeah, but have you ever had similar experience like that? Or it's only me? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know, our life journey can be that silly sometimes. 
where we don't really know what we are doing and where we are going and we believe that it is the right thing to do. Someone in Cambodia uh, gave funny answer to the question of why do you live? He answered, I live to work. And then, yes, I work to, to get money. And then, I get money to buy food to eat. And then, I eat to live. And then, I live to work. And then, I work to get money. To buy food to eat. Recycle. You know, for Christians, maybe we can add, we can put a few more religious action into that cycle. Such as, go to church, invite others to church, raise family, have the community, follow the laws, then work to get money. You know, these activities in themselves are good, but you might be wondering to ourselves, we might be wondering to ourselves that if there might be something greater than this, which gives us a more meaningful purpose to live for, with a greater impact as Christians, despite the situation or condition we are in right now. According to uh, Huet Nurse research in the recent documentary Netflix, show uh, the title Live to 100. Have you ever watched that? Uh, yeah. No, it's not only me now. <laughs> the secret to the blue zones. One of the secrets those living sanitarians, people over 100 years old, have in common is living with a sense of purpose. Judge, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Uh, what is the purpose of your life journey? To live, to work, to get money, and repeat the cycle. God clearly stated His purpose when He came on earth. In Luke chapter nineteen, verse ten, if you have the Bible, you can follow along. I will read from this. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God, in His sovereignty, has been on His mission to save the world. And it is plainly revealed through Jesus Christ. The topic today is Jesus, Mission, and Earth. Unlike my journey of sightseeing trip in Sydney, Jesus' journey passing through Jericho reveal his heart and his mission for the world. You may follow along as I read in this chapter 19 of Luke, verse 1 to 6. And we actually will look in, until the verse 10. So we will read from verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and passing through and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. I pronounce right? Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. I'm still learning. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. 
Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. Verse 4. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector of for Jericho uh, in verse 2, indicating that he was probably responsible for the whole district or the council region. Tax collectors in Roman Empire had to collect a certain uh, amount for the maintenance of the state. And however, they were also permitted to collect more and then keep the proceeds. Yes. <clears throat> so we see here that a rich man with the government of position was curious about Jesus. And he took effort to see him with his limit, limited physical capacity. A small guy climbing up the tree, he must be gifted. I cannot climb a tree. I try. Yeah. Um, so here, we can see that in verse 5, in verse 5, um, Jesus, right, yeah, right there in verse 5, Jesus came to the place, looked up, and invited himself to Zacchaeus' place. Jesus reached out to him, and interestingly, he knew his name. Yeah. We know that Zacchaeus was not very well, very, very well respected. In fact, people looked at him as a sinner. He may not have known the people, but the community here definitely knew who he was. And in verse 7, in verse 7, when they saw it, they were all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to the guest to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Tax collectors were hated for the for their tendency to abuse their power for their own gain. This shocked the people because uh, Jesus, being a Jew, ritually, like, become ritually unclean by associating with the bad or wrong sort of people that the uh, who would be there. That's what they saw. They started to shock when Jesus went to the place. Yes. Um, but Jesus, as he reached out to people, he took initiative. He took initiative to reveal himself to sinners like us. You know, in the past, no man has seen or can see God and live. In First Timothy chapter six, verse sixteen. Oh, sorry, in Exodus chapter thirty-three, verse twenty and twenty-three, <coughs> God said to Moses, "You cannot see my face, for mankind sh- shall not see me and live. Then I will take my hand away, and you shall see my back, but my my face shall not be seen." And his nature is beyond our comprehension. God Himself. In First Timothy chapter six verse sixteen, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, 
to whom to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. In First Timothy chapter one verse seventeen. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow, this King who is eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God has desire to reveal Himself to us. Through Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? Desire to reveal himself to us. Jesus is the sole explanation of God to humanity. In John 1.18, no one has seen God at any time. God, the only Son, who is in the arms of the Father, has explained, he has explained him. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And behold, a voice from the heavens say, said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Who, we, who are we to dictate whom God does or does not reveal himself to? God took initiative to reveal himself to us through Jesus Christ. And in his ring, power orchestrated every single person and incident to, in order to reach out to us, to you and to me. I'm grateful to God. I'm very, very grateful to God for the people who took initiative to join God in bringing the gospel to me. Yeah. In Cambodia, where I am from, you know, the, a brutal communist regime took over the country from 1975 to 1979, <clears throat> where, the where the population was forced to work long hours with little food in agriculture collective farms. It was estimated that 1.5 million people died from exhaustion, starvation, disease, and execution. Every Cambodian over 50 years old today knows an immediate family member that died one of these brutal deaths. I remember my grandma, she burst into tears whenever she recalled the incident. Um, one of my distant cousins, um, like the whole family was, was killed in the killing field. Yeah. So, that's why many Cambodians fled our country, including my wife's family, yeah, to compassionate countries like uh, Australia, uh, the United States, France, Canada, and New Zealand. And as for me, I was born in Cambodia after the killing field in 1918. Um, so because of this national trauma and prolonged war, war and the poverty, I grew up in fear and helplessness. It just fear my, my heart and fear my, my people like try to survive. They in survival instinct. They don't care about others. There's no trust in the family. Because the, the 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 regime taught us not to trust each other. Because children can turn against their parents and they got killed the next day when they report bad things about them. So I was, you know, living this and growing 
grew up in fear and, and hopelessness and hatred. And I was like, well, where is the answer? I was trying to look for the answers in life from religious practices, but they didn't help me. Yeah. Um, I was even like wanted to run away from the country and the family. But I found Jesus. I found Jesus in 1997. I found Jesus. I, I heard about him through my aunt, my auntie. And so, um, at first it's my thinking that, oh, it was a Western religion. But her drastic change of life took my attention. She was, you know, uh, she was very, uh, um, how put it with this, very harsh with her word and angry all the time. But when she became, uh, when she talked about Jesus, she became peaceful, joyful. I was, I was like, wow, this is, this is the life I've been looking for. This is the answer that I've been looking for. So I, I, I prayed to receive Christ to my heart in 1997. Yes. And slowly, slowly, all this like hatred yeah, uh, and fear and hopelessness dissolved and replaced with joy, with hope, with courage. And I knew right there and then that God is the answer to my life, to my nation. And I desire to share this newfound faith and answer to my family members, my neighbors, my friends, the uni students. And I really thank God and I'm grateful to God for how he has brought many people and my auntie to share the gospel to us. I, I still remember, you know, um, back in 2007, 20, 20, uh, uh, when I, it was in a global campus mission conference in Seoul, South Korea, I got to talk to a man. Uh, and I introduced myself that I am from Cambodia. And he was not sure where it was. Where is Cambodia? Until I told him that it's killing field. He knew the killing field. You know, um, I don't want my country to be known as a killing field. I want it to be known as a healing field. And this is possible because God is at work. God, with his mission, is seeking and saving the lost in Cambodia. It will be made possible because it's God's desire to save the people and in Cambodia and the world. His mission is to seek and save the lost. Let us go back to Jesus' journey, passing through Jericho again, uh, from verse 8. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possession I will give to the poor. And I, if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. In his mission, Jesus is at work in bringing people to the confession and repentance to live the old ways of hurting others, but to follow God's way to relate to him and others. For Zacchaeus, his confession expressed in form of changed life. Lord, I give to the poor. This encounter, which led to a personal relationship with Jesus, brought change into Zacchaeus' life. So just like Jesus, we engage in mission to seek and save the lost who do not know God. Yeah. 
in Matthew 16, 16, we have the good confession of Peter saying that you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Last September, a group of uh, 25 Christian leaders from different parts of the world, such as Europe, America, South Korea, sorry, yeah, uh, South America, Africa, Australia, came for a multiplying church planning training for two weeks in Cambodia. So during those, uh, this day, there were two days that they had the ministry field visit. So they were split into small groups, into different house churches in the province. In one of the house churches, they visited five local people. Five local people gave their life to Jesus. Simply because they just ministered to them, prayed for them, and spent time with them. I got to witness one of them confessing that he has been persecuting and verbally abusing his wife, who is a house church leader. But that day, that day, he testified that I gave my life to Jesus today. Wow, what a powerful confession. I cannot say anything else except by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Perhaps some of you here today um, understand the pain of waiting for God to save your spouse, family members, or closest friend. I hope this testimony encourages your heart to continue to live for God and wait in faith for your loved one's salvation. God has his time. Jesus said to him in verse 9, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. Wherever there is Jesus Christ, there is salvation to those who receive him. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In his mission, Jesus is at work in saving life. In the, in the Gospel book, in the Gospel book, we can see a lot of miraculous work of Jesus, saving and healing those who were sick and demon-possessed. Like in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 15, for instance, and, they, and then they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind, and the very man who had previously had the legion, and they, and they became frightened. During an evangelism time in a, in a village in the province, one of our church planting staff happened to see a man where he was agreed by the local authorities to be tied up at home so that he would stop running around and hurting people. You can see it in the picture. To tie up and isolate is common for traditional or rural communities with no or little have or little awareness of uh, mental health issues. It's, it's common in the province. Yes. Um, so he was not in his right mind, and he always hurt others whenever he had freedom to roam around. He hurt those people in the community by hitting those he encountered. He just hit them with the hand and with the stick or anything. He just hurt people. Anyway, and it happened more than once. He did that more than once. You need to get him back and put him in chain. So our staff 
Augustov sensed that God wanted him to pray for the man to experience God and his freedom. So he did that with the permission from his family. The next time that he met during met, met the man during the week, the man got better. And he asked to be free. He asked to be free from the chain. But even though his parents did not agree, because uh, maybe he did it again, but the man himself used a stick and he broke the chain, broke himself free from the chain. But this time is different. This time he's a different man. He was healed by the power of God. And he became Christian and is married and now living in Phnom Penh City. Wow. God is at work in saving life. God is at work. It's his mission to reach out to people to seek and save the lost. But he also giving us opportunity to join him. Jesus gave his great commission to all believers, saying that all authority has been given to me from heaven and earth. Go, therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The great commission is given to us all believers. And the Great Commission is about proclaiming good confessions. What is your good confession of a changed life? You know, sometimes we got too busy and we miss in seeing this beautiful picture that Jesus is reaching out to people with his mission to seek and save the lost. And we end up in looking at other things people, situation, and we get resentful or discouraged or even getting lost ourselves. Then we miss in joining him in seeing the good confession. Even he is at work. Let me share with you a story of the good confession of a dentist. I met him when he was a dental student. In the, at the university over 10 years ago. He came to know the Lord and he grew in his faith. As a uni student, he got to join in the mobile clinic, mobile medical clinic to the province during a short-term mission team. Are you familiar with any people in there? <laughs> so it was, it was in uh, 2012 that the short-term mission team from this situation and there. So he got to join. And he got to know and minister by uh, Christian uncle, aunties, and brother and sister. Yeah. So after he graduated, he wanted to go back to his hometown with the vision to share the love of Christ with people, to the people there in that province. So in, in Cambodia, right? In Cambodia, Christians are still the religious minority and socially rejected in Cambodia. So as the only Christian in the family, he had shown his good confession of faith to his family, his marriage, despite the rejection from the family and community. In his holy matrimony, 
his mom already agreed to join the ceremony almost at the end of the program. But Dr. Sirewat, when he started his dental clinic, he put the cross sign on his clinic logo and at his office, together with the word, In God We Trust. Patients get to hear the gospel messages and song in the background in the waiting room when they, came, when they come to see him. And moreover, he has opened door for many medical some, sorry, many Christian social activity to be permitted to be done in that province by the local authority through his connections, through his connection. As a result, God is honored, Christians are valued and recognized by the community in that province. Last December, the Christian leaders got together and to celebrate with a big Christmas gathering of a few thousand people with the presence and good remarks from the Deputy Prime Minister in that province. The people and the government official in that, in that province has recognized and given respect to the Christian community there. Thank God for his transforming power in that province. People recognize the work of God, the good deed of Christian community, even the Deputy Prime Minister. The good confession of this dentist showed that he follows and represents our Lord Jesus Christ well in his family, workplace, and community. The Clayton mission team represented Christ well in the mission trip that this dentist joined in. Jesus is on his mission to seek and save the lost and has given us the opportunity to join him. The question is, what is your response to this? What is your response to this? What is your response to this? When Isaiah heard the Lord's voice saying, Whom shall I send? And who will, I, who will go for us? Then he responded, Here I am, send me. This world is lost and temporary. There is an outbreak of war in Israel that we pray for just now. It's a reminder of how unpredictable life could be. Yes. And I was shocked to hear that there was one Cambodian student who died in the attack. People are searching for the answers of life, like me in the past, answer to issues in health, in life, in family, in work. But in fact, they are searching for Jesus Christ. We Christians, we are not living only for the better of the world, but we're living for eternity with our Creator. Will you respond to the Lord like Isaiah? Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. You know, although uh, although my my English English is not my first language. But I have learned to pick up and use. So I challenge us all, you and me, to, to, to prayfully pick up any opportunity that God presents to join him in reaching out to the seeking Sakir. 
you know, uh, we just came back from the U.S. Uh, last Friday. During my trip in the U.S. early this month, uh, only in my seven-hour car ride back from San Francisco to Los Angeles, God gave me an opportunity to have a gospel conversation with my 15-year-old nephew. His question was like, why did God plan for people to die? 15-year-old, why is God sending people to hell? Oh yeah, these questions are not easy to answer. But, but it was a joy for me to pick up that God's given opportunity to journey with him in his spiritual journey back to God. You know, giving him an opportunity to receive Christ. Yeah, even though he was not ready yet, but I pray in faith that one day he will be ready to accept and follow our Lord Jesus Christ in God's perfect timing. In this case, the sick king Zacchaeus was my nephew. Imagine getting up each day or each morning with excitement, knowing that the Lord Jesus is on his mission to change life. Yeah, and he's giving us, you and me, opportunity to join him. And when you join him, when you join him, your life journey will definitely be more meaningful according to his redeeming plan for the world. So when, when he allowed you to see the opportunity, you must be ready to join him, saying, Lord, here I am. I'd like to suggest some way of, to take action. So prayerfully join God in reaching out to the seeking Zakir. As a way of life. As a way of life. Uh, wherever you are, approach him or her uh, with a smile and genuine how are you. And ask good you know, general or spiritual conversation. And God will lead the way. Yeah. Go to mission. Mission trip locally or internationally. Um, <clears throat> you know, we all are given with life. Right? L-I-F-E, leadership, influence, finance, and expertise, to be used for God's kingdom expansion. And the good thing about digital world this day is that we can go to mission trip digitally. You know that? <laughs> Using webinar, if you can go in person. Um, we had a combined digital mission trip with a professional from our counterpart, counterpart uh, the Philippine crew. Uh, we had a fruitful series of webinar for vision casting with Christian professionals, evangelistic uh, meeting with non-Christian professionals and business people, and webinar for building up new believers. So we can do that digitally. We call it digital mission trip. And we can conduct this series and we see people come to Christ and God train and build up in their faith. Possible. Yeah. And yeah, also yeah, pray for or give financially to God's mission project. Part thing that can also uh, take action. Again, imagine, imagine what would happen in our home, neighborhood, community when we all can join God in reaching out to someone like the seeking Zakir, 
to build him or her up to be disciple who represent Jesus to everyone, everywhere, and with everything. Imagine. You know, um, my wife and I are very grateful to be to God, you know, to be used by him. And in fact, that we are able to be a small part of this great community, this church, with the vision that God has given to the church to be a disciple who represent uh, Jesus to everyone, everywhere, with everything. We, we are, we carry such great privilege for us that we can be, you know, we can be your sending global mission partner in building disciples who represent Jesus in a country of 17 million people and less than 2% are Christian. But Jesus, Jesus is reaching out to people and at work with his mission in Cambodia. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you so much that uh, you are at work, God, in fulfilling your mission to reach out to people seeking and saving the lost in the world, here in Australia and in Cambodia as well, Lord God. We thank you for how you have given us privilege and honor to join him, to join you, to join your work, Lord God, uh, to bring people back to yourself. God, we thank you. We can imagine how excited we are that we can start each day knowing that you are uh, on your mission, God, to reach out to the lost, and you're giving us opportunity to join you. God, help us to be descending to the Spirit and look for those opportunities, pick them up, and join you. And your name be glorified. We thank you, God, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Sakal. I think, yeah, I think the, one of the things that really came up for me as Zakhar was speaking was that the harvest is plentiful. The people are so ready to hear and they're so ready to receive this hope that we have in Jesus. And in Matthew 10, when Jesus sends out his disciples, he says to, to them, go to the lost sheep. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And each of us, I know, here have encountered God and have encountered the love of Christ. And as Sir Carl mentioned, there are so many ways that we can get involved. There are so many ways to partner with God and to join him in his mission. And it we did talk about going. We talked about having um, these mission uh, trips that you can go on. You can send people by financially supporting them. I know Sandra Sakal are also uh, raising support in, for their ministry as well in Cambodia. Um, yeah, there are so many ways that we can get involved. And I don't want you guys to walk away from this week or from this month without doing anything. I want you guys to really pray about it, to really seek God. You know, God, you are doing something amazing. You are doing something incredible in this world. And there's so many people who are yet to hear this hope. And I just want to encourage you all next Sunday with our prayer and worship night here at the church to come and to posture yourself, to hear from the Lord. Here I am, God. Here I am. Use me in whatever way you please. Come into worship. Come into his presence to seek him and to ask God, what is it that I can do to partner with you in what you are doing in this world? How can I be a light and how can I be 
salt to those who are yet to know you. And so God, we thank you for the opportunity to partner with you. We thank you that you have given us so much, Lord, that you've blessed us with the knowledge of who you are, Lord, and that we get to share this with others, that we get to share this with those who are hungering to know you, who are hungering to know your freedom, to be set free from the chains, to be set free from the uh, the hopelessness, God, because in you there is freedom, in you there is hope, in you there is salvation, Lord. And God, we want to tell the world about this. We want to tell the world about who you are and about what you have done in our lives, God. And so God, use us, Lord. Come and speak to us, Lord. And God, even now as we, as we worship you, God, would you be working in our lives and through us, God. In Jesus' name, amen.